I know that there's listeners that know exactly what I'm talking about. You just close your eyes and all you see is lashes. And that's like not good. You need mental rest. And if you don't have that margin in your life, it's going to come out of something else. I do need eight hours of sleep a day. If I don't get that, there's injury. Your body needs that time to produce those healing factors, those growth factors. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, we got sick tuss on the yes. podcast today. Yes. Well, I know that all of our smart cookies are waiting for something amazing to hear. Yes, and they get to hear first tuss and her new sexy cool my gravelly voice voice. yeah yes yes smart cookies i had a blast at moe's lash bash in las vegas but i talked my butt off and i was out in the cold and i probably had a little too much to drink and i just yeah i overdid it yeah so i came back with a little bit of a a bug. Spent a couple of days in bed. Yeah, very go, sad. Oh my gosh. And this is actually one of the downsides of not having a team, right? Because you basically had to reschedule, or I rescheduled everyone for you. And you got to work this weekend to take these clients that we, because we took three days off for you. And now some of those clients have moved. Thankfully, it's easy to do with our clients. Have been, they're flexible and they'll do it. But it is one of the downsides of not working a team where in the old days, if we had someone sick, we'd, we'd push them all to their client or our yeah. staff. I mean, isn't that one of the hardest things about being a, a solo entrepreneur yeah. is that it's all on you. It is. And it's quite a, it's, it's a heavy shoulder to bear. It is. It's a, you know, it's a heavy burden. You don't work, you don't make money. And your clients, unless you want to push them off to other people and say, go see the gal down the street, but then they may not come back. You don't know. So, well, I think it's important to take really good care of ourselves. I didn't take care of myself and I am paying the price. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to be doing this two more times this year where we team up with Mo. We're going to be in Texas on the first weekend in May at Newburgh up there at Fangirl Society at their, and by the way, that's in New York, not Texas, not Texas. Yeah. I don't say what's that. Texas, (laughs) Texas, New York. It'll be in New York. It's like an hour North of New York, uh, big apple. We'll be in Newburgh and we're going to be at Fangirl Society and we get to hang out with Pat and Steph who do a lot of our graphics for Lashcon and they have a tiki bar. And I'm we're gonna, so excited. Yeah, I can't wait to go there. And we're going to have last most thing there. And then that same weekend, we're going to be doing our training. And then we don't have the exact dates, but right now we're working on like early July. We're going to be in Hawaii 
and Mo's going to have a party out there or last bash out there, and we too will have our training. Well, I guess the question yeah. should be, what should we dress up for the tiki bar? Should we dress up as Hawaii oh, yeah. for tiki bar when we're and in New York? Hawaii, we should dress up as New Yorkers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> as gangsters, right? We'll be all eight. Oh, I don't know if they'd like that association. That's, that stereotype? <laughs> Anyhow, but before we let's well today we're going to do let's get into what we're going to talk about today. We're having a little fun here, but let's we're going to do some rapid fire Q and A where I'm going to ask Tess certain questions, things that people have asked us over the years, and she's going to give me as she said her irritable responses. <laughs> because I'm a little under the weather, so I'm a little bit grouchy. So yeah, you're going to get the grouchy side of me. Yeah, this is the not nice side. So this is the side I rarely see with Tess. But I was asking her some of these questions. She goes, here's the answer. That's what they thought about. And she was really quick, and she, I'm sure you'll be sweeter now. But yeah, that said, we will go through a few of these, see how far we go. But before we do that, what do we have, Tuss? We have announcements. It's time for announcements. Right, we have a whole bunch of stuff going on, and you guys are I've already seen you signing up and, and coming on board, so we're excited. We're gonna get to see you a whole bunch this year. Our first thing is Lashcon. Well, nope, tickets aren't up for sale yet. They will be in the end of March, God willing, as I keep saying, maybe early April. But next we have our tickets are up for sale for our classes, Tessa's four-week retention course, March 18th, 19th. We're gonna be in Vegas. So we already have sold almost half out there. We have new we're gonna be at well, I said May 6th and 7th, we'll be in New York or Newburgh, New York. And so that's gonna be with our friends at Fangirl Society, Pat and Stephanie. And then lastly, we will be in Texas at Austin at Shelby's place on June 17th to 18th. So three classes. And then hopefully we'll have one in Hawaii posted up soon if everything goes as planned. We will also be speaking at a whole bunch of places. We're going to be at Lash Fest here in London on March 25th, 26th. We'll be at Lash Boss Summit with Shelby April 22nd, 23rd. And then at the premiere show in Orlando June 3rd through the 5th. And our next, or well, the other one I forgot to mention, we'll be at the Anaheim premiere show on April 2nd, 3rd. And that one works out because we're hosting it. And that's going to have five speakers, Allie Lilly, Kim James, Ruthie Bell, Tress Larson, all speaking about last techniques, something you want. Well, I'll just say this. You pay for the $65 ticket for the premiere show and you get all these classes for free. It's a crazy deal. So if you're going to be in Southern California in the first weekend in April... Buy your tickets today. Join us in Anaheim. It's right next to where we're going to be having LashCon in October, actually. So it's like we're kind of a little preview of what LashCon will be. And we're calling this LashCon Extension. Basically, it's a mini LashCon that we're doing with five speakers, all about technique. You don't want to miss it. Sign up today. Super affordable. And then lastly, we have our party coming with Shelby. We have, in fact, we had a meeting with her today on June 25th at the IBS show in Las Vegas. We'll have details on that hopefully out in the next month month or so. Now, I don't want anybody getting sick for that. So you have to like rest up. Yeah. Rest up and be ready because it's a, an amazing it's party. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be awesome. We're already working on stuff and I can't wait to hang out with you guys in, uh, in Vegas on the, at IBS. So, all right, guys, that's all we have announcements. So let's get to, all right, I'm looking at my list of questions here. Um, let's look at which one should I hit? First one is this, Tuss. And I hear people talk about this a lot and there's different opinions. <laughs> You're already like, hmm, what are you going to throw at me? When? Come on. Right, calm down. It's okay. Don't get mad. Should I do a fill off another Lash Artist's work? Absolutely. Now, but what if their work sucks? What if they're horrible? 
Okay. What if they're they, they come in and they're like, I'm gonna and they do the strip lash. They have actually a strip lash there. What I mean it could be chaos. You oh, could yeah. be creating a nightmare for yourself. There's absolute chaos. I mean, I remember when I first started like. People would come in, and I remember one gal had so much glue on there. I dissolved it all, and there were pieces of like cellophane tape that oh. were in there <laughs> with it. And I like pull out this thing; it looks like a little worm. And I'm like, "This is what was in your lashes." And the client was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like, "What on earth was the person thinking?" Yeah. Right. But here's the thing: How good are you mm. if you can't solve problems? I mean, anybody can do lashes on a perfectly clean yeah. virgin set of 20, young 20 lashes. Twenty-year-old eyes. Anybody no, yeah. can do it. Yeah. All right, but it takes the seasoned. It takes the exquisite. It takes the really accomplished to be able to do something amazing with nothing. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has really shallow roots. Somebody who has little stubs. Somebody whose lashes, whose lash line is so dirty and corrupted, hasn't seen the light of day. Somebody who has been picking at their lashes, somebody who had gotten somewhere with terrible, terrible work. If you're able to take that gal and do something ima- imaginative and miraculous, that means you're worth your salt. If you're like, you I charge can't, more. Yeah, I can't guess. be bothered because I'm, you know, I just don't do fills on other people's work. I mean, have you ever tried? And by the way, I mean, if you want to grow your base and you want to get more clients, let's say now if you're fully booked, it's a different thing. But if you're like in that growth phase and you're or you're trying to hire a team and get them full, telling people that you won't take outside clients who have lashes already without starting over, you're going to lose people. You're not going to gain new clients. And the goal here is to grow and make it as easy as possible to book with you. See, this one really sticks in my craw. And I, I mean, why? Okay, so like. As lash artists, we extend eyelashes. That's what we do, right? That's that's what we, we hang a, a plaque on our door and say, this is what we're good at. Yeah. Why would you turn somebody away that you can make beautiful? Because it's a little bit more challenging for you? Because you don't, you know, it's not super easy? Well, let's come up with some actual, let's say, a case study. Let's, let's look at a few different scenarios that could happen. Let's just say... I would, this is how I'd handle on the phone. When someone calls in and says they have extensions from another place, say, no problem. We can get you in. My suggestion is that we get you in at least for a two-hour appointment, not the hour and a half, Phil, but a two-hour, just because we don't know the condition of your lashes and we don't want, and we want to have enough time to be able to work with it. But I do say, normally, Tustin's clients go four weeks for two appointments, but if we're working off another salon's work, it may not last quite as long. It may take a couple points before we get you up to that because we don't, I can't, I don't, while you may love your former person, actually they probably don't. That's probably why they're coming to us. You know, we can't guarantee it because we'll, Tustany is not going to remove everything and start over. And so what we'll do is she'll work with what you got and build off that. And then after a couple points, it'll be just her work only. And then we probably will be able to go longer between points. So I give them that it's a heads up before they come in. So let's say they come in. And they literally have, like you just said, tons of glue. And it's going to take you maybe 30 minutes to clean up that mess and get it ready. What do you do? Well, what I would do is I'm looking at them. It's a, it's a hot mess. I'm going to have to completely start over. Okay. I'm going to have to completely remove it. Because here's the thing. And I used to do this. I used to think, oh, I can pick and choose. And I'm going to tell them it's not going to last, not going to look that great because of what you came in with, right? But if I left 
bad work on there, that's a reflection of me. And people aren't going to like distinguish and be like, oh, that was the place that came in last. Yeah. So I couldn't leave it there. I had to take it out. So I would take everything out and I wouldn't have as much time, right? Because you only got two hours. Yeah, but I would do what I had with that. And then I'd invite them back in. So you would also, I know you'd take a picture, right? And show them their lashes so they can see this is what the state they're in. You don't generally say it's bad work. No. You say, I just, this is really difficult to work with. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take it all off, clean it up and, and apply new lashes. So on. what I do is I show the picture and say, see how these are bonded together. Usually a good isolation is just one. Okay. So I don't say this is bad work. Yeah. I say, this is an example of, you can see there's more than one attached here. Yeah. We don't like to do that. Yeah. Because no one likes to feel like a bad consumer. And yeah. I find it's more professional to let them come to their own conclusions and yeah. just saying this is really terrible. And you're educating them, right? You're helping them to learn what is a good application. So even if they leave you in the future, they'll at least go to places that hopefully have better best practices. My advice would be to remove everything and start over. Okay. And you're just going to let them know they're going to get a light set this first time. Mm-hmm. And because your work is so good, I know they still are pretty impressed. And probably you would tell me, let's book them again in about two weeks for a fill to, mm-hmm. to get them going again. Or you would even maybe give an option. If you want to come back, if you don't have the time now, so if you want to come back and do another hour, we can get you in for an hour and, f- and finish filling them. See, that's going to make the best impact and be the right thing for the client because mm-hmm. all the client wants is to look beautiful. Yeah. And she's coming to you because she thinks that you can do that for her. If all you're going to do is tell her how bad the work is and how you don't have time, she's not going to see you as a problem solver yeah. because it's not as easy for you. I wouldn't do that. I would say, listen, whatever challenge you have, I can meet you there. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be exactly the way we want it today, but I can meet you there tomorrow. Or the next day. And I think one of the things you could do is tell them that basically you are going to, if you don't have time to finish and do a full set right there, you can do one of two things. If you're a newer lash artist and you're trying to gain new clients, right? You're trying to win people over by being winsome and kind and giving. You can say, no, I don't have time right now. I have another client coming. You can come back in and I'll give you an extra hour for free just to get you back to normal like tomorrow, tonight, whatever. Now, if you're really busy and you have a full books, like we wouldn't do that now. We're not going to give a free appointment. But I, I, I think people have to realize there is a distinction when you're really busy that the type of boundaries you can have versus when you're new and, and struggling and just trying to build up a base. And I see sometimes people saying, "It's this is the way it needs to be. All people like this. I'm like, guys, everyone's situation is a little bit different. And I think if you were hardcore on someone when you're just starting out, that client would be like, I don't want to pay more. I'm not coming back. You know, because they they know that you're still yourself kind of new and struggling. So th- there's less reputation, less, you know, a, a lower expectation for you. So I think you by doing that, you can be, win people over by offering that extra little time to t- take care of them. And then, you know, if you're more seasoned, yeah, you, you can draw a line there. As a lash artist, I want you to see every opportunity that you can to grow. Every challenge that you have, somebody who comes in with some weird growth on their eye or somebody who's got something that's completely like crusty and whatever, all these things that you would say, I don't want to deal with that. I want you to run to those people. Mm -hmm. I want you to run to them. I want you to take the ones that have misshapen eyes, the ones who don't close all the time. I want you to be able to figure them out so that you can handle whatever comes through your door and you'll Mm -hmm. be able to handle it with grace and you'll be able to train others how to do so. And you can charge more because literally 
your expertise means that you can handle everything. I remember when we had a team and our new people, you know, would get an, a person that had difficult lashes and they would always pull you in. And sometimes you'd have to finish it or after your point was done, the client would come to you and you'd go in there for 30 minutes and just kind of get the lashes fuller. And that was the benefit of having a team and leadership. But as a lash artist solo, you got to be willing in the early days to be a little bit more flexible and to give a little bit more back yeah. so you can learn those skills. And, and if something's challenging for you, use it as your opportunity. Say, yeah. I'm going to give you an extra 30 minutes. I'm working on this. I want to see if it can make a difference for yeah. you. I'm working on the skill here. Mm -hmm. Will you be willing to give me that feedback? Of course they're going to. Yeah. They're going to be so loyal to you because they're going to believe that you really have their best interest at heart. You're really trying to solve this problem for them, and you are. And what you're doing is you're learning it. It's not just this one-time service. You're you're learning this so that you can handle her when she comes through the door the next time, but she just has a different name and a different face. Yeah. I mean, you used to tell our team that all the time when they would get frustrated with someone. Like, like, I don't want to see that person ever right. again. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But you're just going to be haunted for her for the rest of your life. Yeah. She's just going to have a different face, a different name every time she comes through the door. Yeah. Just figure Same it out. problem. Yeah. Just grow and become a better lash artist. So... Overall, for us, we generally took people. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's look in their case. That maybe is not as extreme. Let's just say they come in and the lashes are kind of thin. Now you don't, they don't have that as many. Like they thought they had extensions, but they're coming in with a pretty light set at this point. Well, how would you talk to them? And what would you do in that situation? Well. Let me make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. You're saying that the client comes in with what? Well, they're saying I need a fill. And they say, oh, it's been two weeks since my last appointment. My lashes are getting a little thin. And I'm like, yeah, I hate to ask the client, well, do you have 50% of your lashes? Because people don't know. They're, they're, of course, they're saying, of course I do. But they come in, they don't. They come in with less. So, because everyone has different ideas of what is a full... What I don't even like this question. This is a bad question. You why? know why? Because lots of times the client's like, I didn't think I needed to come in at all. I look great, right? Yeah. And then you're looking at their lashes and you can see what they can't, that their yeah. lashes have completely grown out. And then if you don't remove those, she's going to be naked in two days, right? Yeah. Just because they're going to grow out. So oftentimes leaving it up to the client to say, you know, what they have or, you know. It, Which it, is why I don't ask. I just say, how long has it been since your last appointment? And they'll say, it's been two weeks. And I'm going to say, okay, they probably, for most, a lot of lash artists, that's going to be at the end of its lifespan. It's going to be a little bit on the light side. So with that type of person that comes in and their lashes aren't as full as you'd want to be able to do a real fill, do you just give them extra time? How do you usually handle that? Or do you explain to them like, oh, your lashes looks like you really don't have much here. So I'm going to fill them up as much as I can. I mean, where do you go with that? Well, I would handle this like, like this. I would just remove what needs to be removed. I would take it down to the bone and I'd rebuild it. Okay. So fill it up as much as you can and tell them with the time that I, I had, this is what I could do. Yeah. And you're fast, by the way. Tessa's not slow. She's been doing this At this years. point in my development, it doesn't matter who walks in through the door. I can, I can handle anything. And I can pretty much do a new set. If you had to in two hours or even less time. I could time. even do it in less time. Yeah. So no matter what, I don't like to leave anything out there anymore. I used to. And there, during your development, there's going to be times where you're going to have to. Well, let's just say, you know, so for you, if someone came in, the lashes weren't as full, and this is, let's say, someone who's newer learning and not as fast, you would just say, look, I'm going to do the best I can with the time I have, and we'll give them as full as we can. That's excellent. And yeah. hopefully what we should do, again, instead of going four weeks, 
maybe book you in two to three weeks and we'll fill them up even more next time you come in. Absolutely. The idea is this. This is why you just take, you just take everyone and you just problem solve and figure it out as you go. No matter what walks in. Don't let them leave without making them feel beautiful because that is your hook and that is what you do. I heard, I was uh, at another conference and one of the speakers says, oh, we don't do outside fills. And they turned this lady away and the lady was really mad. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you guys are fools for doing that. Why would you turn her away? Because everybody's skill in there was to apply lashes. Why would you? Because she had to fill for somewhere else? She's not going to come back because you turned her away. She's mad now. she probably will tell her friends about you and and have bad words about your business going, oh, they're kind of snotty over there. They don't take lashes from our places. And that's over a period of years, you can build a bad reputation if you turn people down regularly thinking why would you ever go back if somebody turned you away oh yeah exactly i guess what it is is we're paid to do lash extensions and i know there's ideal situations where it's everything's perfect and it's like a dream and there's gonna be situations where it's not so perfect it's a little harder but that's where the real growth comes from i know and the question is i'd rather get two percent of something than a hundred percent of nothing yes right exactly so maybe it's not going to be like the easiest fill ever but i'd rather her leave with me touching her with beauty and my skills yeah. than her to be like, man, that place sucks. They're so snotty Especially there. Especially if you have openings in your books. Let's I, just I, say you, you literally have a day and you have one client and a client calls in that day. says, I like to come in this afternoon for a feeling like, why well, don't take clients from other salons? You're like, so you don't want the money? Like you don't want to get paid. I mean, I don't understand that mentality. Truth is often with these bits of advice I see online. I think a lot of these people actually aren't doing it. It just sounds powerful and empowering. Say, I fire you. I reject your lashes. I reject you. But in reality, when they get that call, like, oh yeah, please come in. I'll take care of you. And they're just projecting what they wish they would do inside because then they're daring the lashes and they're really difficult. Like, ah, I hate doing lashes from outside places. And so they get mad. So when they go out and post or speak or do something, they project almost like this other image of them, their alter ego of like, well, if I had a boundary, I would tell them no. But I, I, I just think that, man, you have an opportunity to make money. You're going to say no. I just don't understand. Just deal with it. Work with it. Now, Again, they'll say, if you're fully booked, well, you only have a spot to fill them, right? They'll say, I won't come in for lashes. Well, I don't have anything for three weeks. Oh, I guess I'll go somewhere else. Or you can say, well, I actually never say this. I never say, well, we don't have an opening for another month. I say, we don't have openings for another month, but we do have a wait list so I can get you on that in case something opens up sooner. That way you're giving that client a, a hope or a chance to get in. And they're impressed. Wow, she's fully booked. Man, if she gets an opening, I should take that, right? So... That way you're not just saying no. And I think that's another thing that I see sometimes last artists doing. They're just saying, no, I don't take any new clients. Or they put on their Instagram, no new clients. I'm like, no, stop it. If you're fully booked, you know, and we've said this in the past, you should be raising your prices soon. After a few months of being fully booked every month and you see that for three, four months, it's time to raise your prices and go up at least 10%, shed those clients, and then you'll have some openings again and you'll keep doing that. And before you know it, in a couple of years, you'll be the highest paid lash artist in your community. So, okay. This one I see people really talking a lot about, and I I agree and don't agree with it. (laughs) The the question would be, should you charge a deposit up front when someone books an appointment? I think that if you are busy, yeah. And it's a, it's a problem. Like it it would it's costly to have a no show. Then yeah, yeah, you can. If you are if you are struggling, if you are growing, if you're in that phase where you're building, yeah. I wouldn't. 
we didn't start charging until it was painful for us to lose that time. Well, we never charge a deposit front. We still don't. I mean, Tustin's clients have been with her for 10 years, some 15, I mean, forever. So these clients are like family now at this point. So we're not going to be charging them a fee to book with her. Now, if we were a different, I would say I would consider that option if we had a salon again and we were high in the salon and we we're fully booked out, I could see us saying we'll charge a deposit up front, like, you know, 25% deposit, non-refundable deposit. That way you just really eliminate all no-shows and cancellations. People just do it. But didn't we just would, would put a hold well, on we, it? We do take a credit card, and then we would charge them what was if that they no-showed. Like? The problem is, oh, I would say we need a credit card to book your appointment. We will, put, we will um, basically, if you don't give us a 24-hour notice to cancel or you no-show, we'll charge you for the full appointment. And then the person will be like, okay, no problem. That gives you a credit card, and, and there you go. And all that was done over the phone or texting. Now, you can book online, too. And online to book, you'd have to put a credit card down. So we do have that, but we don't charge it. Now, if the client no-shows or cancels within the 24-hour window, we do charge them for the appointment. And we just say, okay, sorry, but you didn't show. We're going to cancel you. We're going to charge you for that. And the only problem with that is that people can dispute that. And they'll win almost 100% of the time. Because they haven't signed the agreement. Yeah, I mean, I've never done this. And I've, I've thought about looking into this. But because we're not really building a salon now. Actually, if someone out there has done this, let me know if you've created a form. Because you're going to have to get a written agreement that if I no-show, I agree to pay yeah, these fees. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. You basically have to get that form and have the client sign it ahead of yeah, time. Even electronically. but You could do it. Yeah. And then they're saying they're agreeing to the payment. Yeah, they're agreeing to pay. Just you saying over the phone or a short little email probably is not sufficient. But if you actually have a form that really explains what's happening, legally speaking. It will deter some people. Yeah. You won't. It will be a deal breaker for some people. However, yeah. if you are good enough... And your skills demand that you yeah. can do whatever you want. And if you have demand, like you're fully, you're almost fully booked, or you get new calls every day. Like back in the day, with the salon, we get sixty to eighty new clients in our salon every month, and we would get every day anywhere from three to ten phone calls trying to book appointments or texts and such or emails. So we had a, a lot of demand where people were trying to get in. So for us, we could get more selective. But if again, if you're new. Man, you don't want to give people any reason not to book with you, right? Because I think that's what happens is when people decide to take the deposit, you're just putting one more barrier mm. where people are going to be like, eh, I can book with her for, with no concerns or book with her and she's going to charge me up front. I don't mind them taking my – most people – in fact, no one minds taking a credit card down. Most, everyone will give you that. But there are going to be people that's like, I'm not going to be charged before. I mean, think about like – where do you get that? You don't go to doctors like that. You don't go to restaurants. Well, some hairdressers are like that. I have a new yeah. hairdresser that I'm going to, I've been waiting a couple months to get my hair cut by her in yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah. And I paid half but, of it. Oh, there you go. I mean, it is not unusual. I'm not saying it's not like, oh, this never happens. But I'm just saying that there are going to be people who will say no. And if you're not booked, that may be a reason why you're not booked is that you're losing people every week who will not pay that. And by the way, still take the credit card and still let them know the cancellation policy and still enforce it if they know show or cancel. But at the same time, you're just removing one barrier. So that's our thoughts on that. It, you can go either way. And I think the more seasoned you are, the more busy you are, uh, the more obstacles you can put in there and you know, do all that. So, all right, let's see. What's another question? Oh, okay. Maybe we'll end on this one. <laughs> We've kind of talked about this one in the past, but we're going to hit this one because this is a, one of those 
ones that irks. I think both of us, because I think it's a it's just bad advice. Like mm. we've heard plenty of times from many many people, both on Instagram and and also at conferences, say you can't do lashes for more than five years. You just can't. It's not physically possible to do last for more than five years. What do you think, Tess? I love this one. Bollocks. <laughs> I'm not British, but that is just a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know because, I mean, I think of it this way. We've been, and we go to Serious Business every year, which is a hair business conference, and we've been to tons of trade shows, and we've seen people speak on hair. I've never seen a major educator get up on stage and go, by the way, as we all know, you can only do hair for five years, and then you break down, and you got to do something else for your career. So you have to do some other business. No, I mean, hairstylists, they take a lot of pride in being a hairstylist for 20, 30, 40 years. You see them like, I've been cutting hair for, you know, since 1975. And they're proud of that. That's like an accomplishment. It's not shameful. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you still cut hair. Like, what's wrong with you? No, that's ridiculous. I mean, a lot of our skills as lash artists, very similar ophthalmologists that are doing um, surgeries. Mm -hmm. They're using the same fine motor skills. They're using the same setup, very similar. Mm -hmm. There's no limit in their field. This is you can only be an optometrist for five years. That's ridiculous. The human body is able to withstand injury and insult and normal wear and tear and, mm. and healing. I mean, of course, you have to have good ergonomics. You have to be smart about how you're positioning your body. And I think that's a part that people aren't really considering. It's like, okay, my body's in pain. My back's in pain. I hunch over. Like I say, when people do lashes, it's like they're eating soup off someone's forehead. So maybe there's something they can change that would make it better so they don't get don't have to be in pain. Use loops or use a magnifier so that yeah. you can keep a straighter back. Mm-hmm. Use an armrest so you're not just your yeah. arm isn't just floating out there in space. Lifting use, your hands hovering over someone's yeah, face, right? Make sure that you get some help. Just because the way that you learned it it's the easiest for you, you can relearn how to do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have injuries. And I was just watching Game of Thrones, you know, Uh and, you know, somebody can lose a hand and then you can relearn how to fight with, with, you you know, use a sword in a different hand. You can maneuver around those kinds of things. The point is that I think when people say you can only do this for five years, it's very, very limiting. And those people don't know what they're talking about. And I will challenge you. If you say, oh, I've been doing this for five years and I couldn't do that. Maybe your specific case was different, but I'm going to challenge you. I've been doing this for 18 years and I'm not talking about, oh, I do lashes and one day a week, once a month. No, no. I've been doing lashes full time for 18 years. In the midst of all the other stuff that we do, speaking and teaching, Tustany comes home and she does lashes. Now, we at have least at, at least, least four, four days, days a week. week. Yeah, four okay. days. I have done days that are like 12 hours or more. I've yeah. done over 10 clients a day. I've yeah. done that. That I've, was back in 2009, 2010. Tust literally I have pushed six my days body to the absolute yeah. max. I've had to have carpal tunnel surgery. I've had steroid injections. Yeah. I've gotten away from a lot of that just because the best thing is taking care of your body and making sure that you're not overusing it. But I've done it all. Yeah, I think with you now is that we realized at some point when you used to do five clients a a day, you were like, that's just too much. I can't keep that. I can do it one day here, but you can't sustain that. That's not a long-term strategy. And there were times in our business where you were doing five, six people a day 
five days a week. Some, and then you were taking care of the staff and you were doing trainings and it was just too much. You can do things for a season, yeah. but then it becomes, it just, it drags the life right. out of you. Or you got and that's injured. when you get injured. Yeah. That's how you got injured. So what we did is our, our staff, they would do three to four clients a day. You now do probably three to four. Four is like a busy day for you. And then we just say, that's it. Once in a while when we're traveling, you'll come home and you'll have to do five just because we had to squeeze them around. But You have to have two days off. I mean, I like to have two days off in a row because you mm-hmm. do need that rest. And that was another thing too is that you really – we used to have you fill in for staff all the time, do all these extra things. So you would used work- to treat me like a robot, and that's not, that's no. not good. And you, you couldn't can't. sustain that. So when once we found out – this was a big one. When you start getting Saturday, Sunday off from lashing, amazing how your pains just went away. We limited you to like four clients a day. And we limited you to only five days max a week. Even if a client needed to get in or something was going on, you were like, I'm sorry. I know Shirley can't take you. I'm making up a name here. Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, I don't know. Shirley, the last artist. Um, Sally, the last artist, whatever. They can't take you, but Tustinies, I know the owner in the past, you would take them. But oh, now we're like, yeah. no, not going to do that. No, not going to do that. You, you do those things to survive. Yeah. And you do them for short periods of time. But then you realize... You can't. You can't do that. Otherwise, you will not be able to work, right? So I do need two days off. I do need two days off in a row. I do need eight hours of sleep a day. If if I don't get that, there's injury. Your body needs that time to produce those healing factors, those growth factors. Yeah. Now, I remember when we would talk to our staff, we would ask certain questions because every once in a while, staff hands, we could start getting sore or tender. And we'd be like, okay, so are you sleeping? Almost always no, I'm not sleeping much. I'm sleeping four or five hours. So they have kids or they have school. They have other things going on. They have demanding lives. And so they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, you have to be committed to sleeping eight hours. Sleep is where your body repairs. And if you're sleeping four, five, six hours, you're not giving your body that rest it needs to actually repair and get better. And amazingly, almost that alone, they would get better. Mm-hmm. Like just force themselves to sleep would make them get better. Also, making sure they stretch. We would give them stretches to do. And I know you've done that. And by just getting up between clients, stretching, moving. Another thing that we've done, we've now, you now have 30 minutes between every appointment. Mm-hmm. used to be you had no, you just back to back to back to back. No, you need to rest. We don't have that anymore. So Tess always has 30 minutes, maybe once a blue moon, 15, but generally 30 minutes between appointments. And yes, it extends the day a little bit. But for your peace of mind, I know you'd rather have be here for an extra half hour, hour, and have rest between clients than be pushed and just slammed. It's not worth it in the long run. You need to give yourself some time to breathe. You need some downtime so that it's like, if you ever get to the point where you close your eyes and all you see is lashes, Mm -hmm. you need rest. I know that there's listeners that know exactly what I'm talking about. You just close your eyes and all you see is lashes. And that's like not good. You need mental rest. And if you don't have that margin in your life, it's going to come out of something else. I close my eyes and I only see you. Oh, you're so sweet. I scored points. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think with this whole thing about time, yes, if you don't take care of yourself, five years, you may be dead as a last artist. But if you learn to take care of yourself, have the breaks, sleep, make sure you're not working seven days straight, not taking 10 clients a day. All those things have certain things where you begin to see where your boundaries are. And you'll find everyone's a little different too. You may find out you'll need 10 minutes between clients. That's fine. Just play with it. If you're feeling tender, you're feeling sore, your body's wearing out. If you're feeling irritable, you yeah. feel like, you know, you close your eyes and you uh, you still see lashes, you need more margin. I need a little more margin. So 
find ways to make that happen. And if maybe if you're really busy, like one of these clients or lash artists who's booked out for a long ways, well, then raise your prices, raise your prices and, you'll, girl. and you will at least 10%. And then what will happen is some clients, not a lot, by the way, it will not never be a lot. If you're booked out for months and you raise a 10%, maybe you'll lose 5% of your clients, which will give you a little breathing room make you a little more money and let you get insanity. You'll lose the ones that you want to lose. Yeah, I promise and, you, yeah. the ones that are like the biggest headache for you. They are always the ones that They're go. the ones that go, okay? <laughs> it's a weird self-selecting process. We've seen enough times now that it's actually a joyous time when we raise our prices. You see people go, oh my gosh, blah, 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 who's always late is gone. She's no longer going to pay this price or the one who never cleans her lashes or the one who always complains. They just leave because... That, they don't, and that is know. that is a wonderful empowerment. It does. It feels it's wonderful. Good. So hopefully for those of you who've heard that story, we've given you at least some ways to rethink it. That yes, you can have a career as a lash artist for the rest. Of, you can be in this industry for 30, 40 years, have a great career, and only be a lash artist, by the way, and love it. Yeah. You know, be a lash artist. Take care of your family. I mean, part of the benefit and the wonder of this job is is that you can make a good living and then you can do other things. You yeah. can care for your family. You can care for your children's needs. You can be a good spouse. You know, you could be a good partner. You can have your own hours too. So as you get more seasoned, you can work really only the hours that you want when you're new. Like we always said, you're going to have to hustle and, and take clients at all sorts of crazy times. But man, after it's a not going to be like that forever. No, after a couple of years, you'll probably be saying, no, I only work. You'll Tuesday get to make Friday. all the rules and people will be begging you. Exactly. So just be, and be patient. It takes time. I know some people are like after six months, they're like, why am I not here? It's like, yeah, six months. It's nothing. I don't know. I just want to give a, a word of encouragement to everybody who's got like multiple responsibilities on their shoulders. I mean, the people that you're doing this for, they don't have the good enough sense like your children or your husband or your wife, you know, to say thank you for everything that you're doing. But everything that you're doing is for them. And it's like you're pouring into them for a reason. And it's it's a worthwhile cause. The family and the relationships that you're doing this for, those are the reasons why life is worth living, right? So just be empowered. You're making a difference in, in the people's lives that you care for. Amen. Awesome. All right, I think that's good. We got through three questions. I have some more, but I think we'll call that a day. We did our time. It's a little crabby today, huh? Yeah, you weren't too bad. Crabby Patty. If, if you think Tess was crabby, DM me and yeah, sorry guys. Tell me what well, how I can help Tess. <laughs> that was a crabby. Should I? Uh, I don't know. Feed you feed more. Feed the kraken. Feed the kraken. Release the kraken. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at the Lash Conference, and remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my lash cough drop, Tusney, I. <laughs> See, we're tying in with you being sick this I time. Know. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for taking some time. Listen, keep on lashing, and remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. 